This is a Federal News Network podcast. With professional services growing as a percentage of federal contract dollars, agencies pay close attention to who it is bidders are offering. Some recent protest cases show how important it is to handle the people part of these bids carefully. We get more now from Procurement Attorney Joseph Petrillo. Joe, good to have you back. Good to see you, Tom. There's a case here in which American Systems Corporation protested a contract it did not get because it didn't like the letter of intent with which the winning bidder said it would hire qualified people to do the work. This sounds like an odd one. Tell us about this case. Sure. Well, you know, as you mentioned, you know, in services contracts, the quality of the offered staff is often the most important element. And uh, the government wants to make sure that uh, the people who are offered are the people who are actually be uh, going to be performing the contract. So there are a number of ways of dealing with that. And one is for... Uh, folks who are not currently employed uh, to require that uh, the offeror provide letters of intent uh, for them and an FBI procurement for latent print examiners. And uh, the FBI uh, asked that uh, offerors provide letters of intent for non-employee staff. Uh, so the um, uh, offers were submitted. And during the protest, uh, a losing offeror, American Services Corporation, came in and said, well, the letters of intent were inadequate. They said, uh, and it's interesting to look at the details, that the uh, people involved consented to the submission of their resumes uh, for the positions that they were being offered for, that they intended to consider employment um, from the uh, offeror if the offeror got the contract, that the details about employment and compensation, as well as the start date, would be provided later. Um, and the only thing that uh, was, was certain was that they'd be eligible for all the group benefits that the uh, uh, company offered. So the question is, was that enough to provide um, the kind of assurances that uh, the solicitation wanted about um, the ability to provide um, the, the offered staff if they won the contract. Uh, and GAO uh, sided with the agency which had found that they were adequate. Uh, it said the solicitation didn't require a bilateral employment agreement um, and uh, didn't require any particular formula of words. And so uh, a letter, you know, which was... Um, as indefinite and future-oriented as the one that was submitted, was perfectly fine. So uh, the letter of intent just showed that the uh, proposed employee uh, was satisfied to be included in the proposal, would consider employment, um, and and that this was someone who uh, was potentially available, but there was no a binding commitment to uh, to actually come work if they got the contract. These offer letters, were they to people that worked for the protesting company that felt it would lose these people if the other company, in fact, got the award? Uh, that uh, detail is not in the um, in the in the protest decision, so we're not sure uh, of that. But often, you know, a, a, a competitor is going to come in and want to hire the incumbent staff to the extent the. Uh, the incumbent staff is doing a good job, and obviously they have um, the skills needed to perform the work. But uh, that's something that's not clear from the decision. Uh, it's quite common, though. Wow. So that 
stood then, and do we? I guess we don't know yet whether in performing the contract, the winning bidder, I3, in fact, did hire those people. That's impossible to know at this nope. point. Uh, that's right. It is impossible to know. And, um, you know, one of the complicating factors with uh, all these issues is the length of time it takes to award contracts. Uh, that process seems to take a long time and seems to be getting even longer as time goes on. You know, if the contract competition process were two or three months long, then um, you probably would have greater assurance that uh, a proposed staff would be available and able to perform the contract. We're speaking with procurement attorney Joseph Petrillo of Petrillo and Powell. And there's another case which is a little more traditional, and that's the bait and switch where someone is offered or a group of people are offered as part of a bid, and that's not who gets to work on the contract. This was a Navy Surface Warfare Center procurement. What happened in that recent case? Right. Well, in that case, um, uh, it was a program support, engineering support type contract, uh, classic professional services. A company called McHenry Management won the contract, and the competitor, Valkyrie Enterprises, uh, protested. And they brought up uh, an issue that comes up a lot in these procurements, which is bait and switch, namely um, the offeror proposed uh, staff that it then uh, wasn't intending to provide uh, and switched out for, for other staff. Uh, simple enough concept, uh, but GAO, in order to make that a successful protest ground, GAO has lots of other requirements. And... Um, uh, this particular protest stumbled on two of them and, and, and failed. Uh, one was that uh, you had to have some indication that the, uh, the people who were being offered weren't available um, at the time the offer was submitted. Uh, in this instance, the main um, proof proposed by the, uh, uh, the protester was that the job listings um, uh, had been placed by the offeror when it won the contract, and those job listings matched the key personnel categories of the solicitation. So they said, well, look, they're, they're out hiring for key personnel, so obviously uh, they're not going to be providing the ones that, uh, that they proposed, but there was no direct proof offered that those people were unavailable at the time the offer was submitted. There was a second problem they had with the uh, uh, protest as well, however, and that is that the GAO requires the protester to allege and then prove that the awardee intended to replace uh, the individuals with less qualified ones. That's what they call the baiting element. In other words, you're not just going to swap out the people, but you're going to um, propose better qualified people and actually provide less qualified people. And you might be charging for the higher qualified people, even though you don't have the right under some contracting rules to charge that much for people that are not qualified. Oh, yeah. Well, that's another problem. Uh, you know, uh, providing unqualified staff and charging as if they were higher qualified, uh, that does put you into a um, into another pro entirely different kind of problem in terms of contract administration. For bid protest purposes, however, uh, what we've got is a situation here where you need to show a bait and switch, and, and that requires some additional uh, features that this protester could not prove. In other words, the protester it's, has the burden of proof of the intention and motivation of the winning bidder, and that's a pretty high bar. 
Uh, that is. It's difficult to prove that and, um, in the ordinary case, and that's why there are a lot more bait-and-switch allegations than bait-and-switch uh, granted protests. And what if the people that you bid are, in fact, the people that go to work on the contract, and two weeks later they decide they hate it and leave the company? Well, there's no cure for that. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, there's no way to make people uh, continue to work for you if they don't want to. Um, and uh, even employment contracts can't uh, prevent people from finding some other employment uh, somewhere else that uh, isn't inconsistent with their obligations. And uh, those are even even if that employment contracts are fairly unusual, except for um, the highest level of staff uh, with the uh, uh, most requirements. Joe Petrillo is a procurement attorney with Petrillo and Powell. As always, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit.